As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey guys, it's Gwen. And you're listening to Glam Squad Confidential. Well, here I am today in my home studio in Tribeca, New York. And you guys, I'm a little tired because last night was the Oscars. And for the first time in award season 2021, it was like an actual award show. So I have to get my cohorts here. Of course, I've got my co-pilot on the beauty plane. Mr. Travis Cronin on the mic. Oh, hi, Gwen. Happy Oscars recovery day. Oh, I sound a little bit tired, don't I? A little hoarse. But I can't nearly be as tired as our inaugural speaker on the podcast, our beauty and style editor, Samantha Hollander, who I can't even tell you how much content this woman put together last night. Let's see how tired she sounds. Hey, Sam. Hi, Gwen. I'm putting on my most cheeriest voice for you. I'm I mean, rallying. You sound pretty awake. It was it was pretty I'm dying on the night. inside, but I'm <laughs> alive on the outside. Well, you guys, you know, for the first time during award season 2021, you know, the Oscars were pushed back, obviously, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. They finally took place on April 25th. I was really confused yesterday when I was walking around outside because normally I'm used to like that dread of like it's Oscars night and we're always so, so busy on Oscars night, even though I love it. It's my Super Bowl. But like that, that feeling I get on Oscar Sunday when I'm just kind of like, I know I'm going to be up for the next like 32 hours solid. And normally it's like cold out. And it was warm and sort of beautiful. And I was kind of like, where are we? What is happening? But anyway, the Oscars were like a major award show. They were held IRL in two venues. So I don't even know, like, the the Kodak Theater, what even happened there. Almost everything. It would have been, it would have been, I'm so glad they did Union Station because just in the Kodak Theater, which has been empty seats and like a little depressing. So I think it was a really, really smart social distancing thing to do for them. Totally. And of course, at LA's famed Union Station. But, you know, there was some production that was happening at the Kodak Theater because that's, you know, the official statement is that it was at two venues, even though we really only saw people at Union Station. First of all, red carpet, so cool. They set up a whole like outdoor suite. 
it looked like super chic and it looked really fun. And I wanted to hang out there. I was like kind of bummed that I was in my apartment glued to my television and not like hanging out with Brad Zareski and, and, you know, adorable Zana Rob Roberts Rossi, you know, like that would have been a lot of fun. And then everybody was inside the theater without masks. They explained that they kind of ran it the way that they run film sets now, which is like very, very tight. You know, we have a friend who's in film and, you know, I couldn't believe it when he told me everything that he went through, like for two weeks straight, he was tested every day and they have to move to a hotel and they have drivers. It's like a very, very closed set to keep everybody healthy. So I guess all these people we saw last night were like really safe. It was like an weeks. outer body experience watching people without masks indoors. You know they're safe, but it was so weird to see it. It does feel really weird. It also felt really emotional because it kind of felt like life is coming back, right? Yeah. Totally. In every it did feel way. like a real, real thing. We can start getting back to the real things that we've loved and have them once again. I mean, that would be so nice. So what did you think of the show overall? Travis, what were your remarks? I thought there were some definite highlights to the show. There were definitely some standout moments that we want, but there was a lot of things I also took issue with that were a little strange, like not showing any of the movies, not cutting off any of the acceptance speeches was a little weird. Um, but God bless Regina King for that entrance, because what a way to start off the show. And it made me so excited and hyped. Well, funny you should mention Regina King because she was our best dressed of the night. Oh, she should have been. And she worked that dress so much, carrying her Oscar. So cool. I mean, we were obsessed with that dress, weren't we, Sam? Uh, obsessed. She can do no wrong. Like, I, my jaw was quite literally on the floor when I saw her. Like, <laughs> the shoulders. Oh, I could die. So, you guys, you might have guessed it. This episode is totally dedicated to the good, the bad, and the absolutely wacky in terms of beauty, style, and the moments we loved and loved to hate at this year's Oscars. All right, guys, who were your top five favorite people? Dresses. Oh, Sam, you go first. Okay, from just the Oscars, mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to go with Amanda Seyfried because I think she is drop dead gorgeous every single award show this season she has like such an aesthetic everything goes together like you could line up every single one of her dresses and be like this is amanda seyfried i yes. think absolutely gorgeous last night that red dress designed red dress, by giorgio yes by mr giorgio armani himself which is very rare for him to design something you know, for a celebrity, even even a top tier celebrity, but he he did it and it was really beautiful. And the hair, like everything just went together so perfectly. She looked like a million dollars. I was also obsessed with Carrie Mulligan. Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. uh, major princess moment, like the cutout right underneath the, the torso that we saw on literally everyone last night. I yep. thought she looked... Gorgeous. If you like zoomed in on the dress, it was sequins from head to toe. So sparkly, so pretty. She looked great. That one was Valentino. Loved it. My number three, I don't know if I'm counting down or up. I kind of like 
just got excited. <laughs> really? You, can, you don't you don't have to. We don't have any rules here on the podcast. Now, Carrie Mulligan, just one more thing to say about her dress before we move on. I mean, that skirt was so huge. It was kind so of like huge. social distancing just made easy. <laughs> right. Like totally. you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, when we we would see and like, you know, there were like clips from Germany where at bars people had like pool noodles on their heads so that they would like enforce social distancing. All you have to do is wear a couture Valentino gown. No big when deal. We go back to the office. That can be our dress code. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Who else? Maria Bakalova. I'm pronouncing her name correctly. And like Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she looked gorgeous. It was such a princess moment. The tool with 300 meters of fabric, which honestly, it looks like it was that much fabric. It was massive. Um, but the plunging neckline, like I just thought she looked absolutely stunning. Like breakout star and fashion icon this year. Very pretty. It was very pretty. It was really beautiful. I just loved it. I thought it was great. Um, Andra Day also. So I've been like back and forth on her oh. style. I love some of her looks this season. Others, I'm like, yeah, I like it, just not for me. Or like, I, I like it, but it's not doing it for me. I thought she looked gorgeous last night. Like her body looked insane. The gold was insane. Her jewelry was insane. Nothing but positive things to say. And that dress was metal. Like it was actually metal made by Vera Wang. And, you know, she just embodied, she was like the personification of an Oscar. Even if you looked at her hair and kind of the way that like the makeup hung together with the hair, the makeup and the dress, she basically like looked like an Oscar statuette, but like sexy. Mm -hmm. She was <laughs> drop dead gorgeous. And then th this is like a hot take and I don't know. I don't know how you guys are going to feel about it. Okay. Tiara Thomas. Oh, obsessed. Obsessed. Good luck. It was too, obsessed. it wasn't like traditional Oscars dress, but I thought she showed up and looked unreal. Like I am actually speechless. The feathers on the, on the suit, it was Giovanna Lewis three piece set. And then that gorgeous necklace, it was a diamond lariat with a flower in the center. It was it sick. It almost reminded me, do you remember years past? I don't remember if it was, I think it was a Globes or maybe a SAG Awards when Carrie Washington wore like a diamond harness dress. So this oh, kind of, yeah. yeah, it reminded me of that, but just like a little bit like leaving just a little bit more to the imagination, which I actually think is so much sexier. Totally wild. And how about the jewelry? Because I know you just wrote this amazing post. You guys, if you have not, and I know that many of you have because our numbers are out of control today, but if you've not gone over to usmagazine.com slash stylish, you must do so because we've got the whole scoop. I mean, we've got every single last bit of reporting on what every single celebrity was wearing, the details behind their hair and makeup, the jewelry. You want to know exactly how many carats like each of these pieces were. And Sam, like, what was that total number of carats that you added 370. up? 370. And that, that's like, wow. Just for our top people was 370 carats. Right. That, and that was just the reporting that we had. There were so many more carats that went uncounted. So there were just, 
thousands of carats of diamonds at the Oscars, you guys. Glamour is back. But what were some of your favorite jewelry pieces? I mean, Zendaya. Like, I... Dead. No question. Dead. Dead. This was absolutely to die for. She was blinged out in Bulgari. And I mean, that main necklace was, first of all, it must have weighed 90,000 pounds. I think I, I heard that she was like debating if she was going to wear the pendant or not. But thank God she went with it because it made her whole look. Her dress was beautiful, but I think what took her over the top was her bling. I mean, I got to say, Zendaya head to toe might have been my number one. First of all, she's got like the body of youth. That's number one. I mean, the, bo the body of youth, like her, her, she just looked so spectacular. But I loved the way that everything came together, that hair. Wait, can we just talk about how when she walked out, the wind just like so perfectly oh, yeah. hit her? Uh, her hair was just flowing back with her dress. It looks like they were like holding hands in the breeze. I mean, the photographers must have been so psyched. Like, I don't even know. I mean, those paparazzis, they know how to like get their finger on the trigger like super fast. But, you know, that moment, they must have just been so psyched. That's the kind of moment that like you dream of capturing at the Oscars. It was you know, that like red carpet vibes that like, will that's what we'll be referring back to. I just loved it so much. I thought that she looked like an ethereal goddess. She looked like, you know, couture mermaid. Uh, I'm, I was just like ridiculously into it, ridiculously into it. Trav, who did you love? Oh my God. I mean, Carrie Mulligan and Zendaya with those sort of similar, but very, very different dresses. Obviously a trend emerged with that sort of new keyhole cutout sort of bandeau top tied moment. I, I loved it. I mean, Vanessa Kirby also had that midriff mm -hmm. and of course, Andre Day. And I think that there were some other sort of like two piece moments. I love a two piece dress. Yeah, the like two piece that wasn't two piece because they some of them were connected in the back. I thought was great. Um, Angela Bassett, just with that sort of red, the huge bow. I mean, that dress could be from 1911 or 2021, and it would still look good. It's 1990. Think... It's that that is a total like 1990. Yeah, huge moment. right out of the 80s. Huge bow. Yes. Late 80s, early 90s. Giant shoulder, giant sleeve giant bow i mean halle berry i loved that dress when it was moving but standing still why all that why all that fabric in the front and the you, color you, wasn't vibrant oh i sort of loved it with her skin tone though the lilac i thought was pretty but i like, like the color not into the dress yeah too much fabric in the front i wonder if she's hiding something I don't know. Well, I saw like Laverne Cox's dress, which sort of reminded me of Halle Berry's dress. And that was a wow piece. That was really colorful, fuzzy, textured. It looked good moving and it looked really good standing. So as soon as I saw Laverne Cox, I was like, move aside, Halle Berry. We've totally. already had we've already had this in better. I also loved um Coleman Domingo in Atelier Versace. See the I hot mean, pink one? Hot yes. Pink. yes Killer. Hot pink with like dripping rhinestones from the top. He had like a faux tie and dripping rhinestones. I mean, hot pink and rhinestones on a man. Sign me up. That is my well, bag of tea. I do have to say that the best 
dresses, the best dress last night were the guys. Like, let's be honest. Like, I thought that the guys really brought it. Like, I feel like we could do an entire podcast episode on Lakeith Stanfield. I mean, <gasps> oh, come on. Yes. How hot is that dude? And Riz Ahmed. Oh. Riz Ahmed was super chic and that all black. It was no like really tie. all about his face. It was really, really cool. And Brad Pitt's man bun. Well, listen, let's talk out. about <laughs> let's let's talk about let's talk about Brad Pitt for we could spend at least a half hour on this alone. But you know, honestly, I felt like Brad Pitt was basically Charlize Theron last night. Cause you know how it's like hmm. Charlize shows up and it's like everybody else can just go home. Yeah. Honestly, Brad Pitt was everything and here's the thing you guys i love his hair i was not into the man bun i want to see his hair if it's if it's shoulder length even if it's a little bit longer the legends of brad's hair like take me back i want to see his hair down but i appreciated that he is brad pitt and he just unapologetically had his groomer do a little tiny I mean, it was a little tiny man bun chignon, like low slung at the nape of the neck. I don't even know how to explain it. I don't either. My favorite part was the hair that was slicked back on top of his head because the silk factor of it all. I mean, that is some well after. His hair is the shiny. tendrils. Yeah. Yes, the, the tendrils that were falling around his face with that perfect hair color that is like... I mean, those are just micro highlights. Like, come on. Yeah. The micro there is no way. highlight. <laughs> I mean, dude has got to have more gray hair naturally. And he just it puts in those. Gets color. The golden, golden, golden highlights. Like, it's like, that was my favorite part about Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston is that their hair color, like, totally <laughs> matched. And it was almost like a who wore it best every single time they hit the carpet. But, you know, I, I got to say, though, guys, I felt like he kind of looks a little bit bloated around the face. And Brad Pitt, as we know, is kind of like Venus Man Alive. You know, he does a lot of things. Facials and, you know, he does he laser work. Like, he's mm. into the beauty, and I appreciate that, right? So either he has he knows embraced... He knows what's selling, and it's totally. that mug. I mean, it's, why, why not? And why not? But I don't know. Like, I kind of felt like I just hope that he is on the wagon because it's been so positive for him. And I hope he's on the wagon. Now, Samantha, are you technically Gen Z? Yes, but I'm a millennial at heart. But like I, I know I know top level TikTok stars. So you can you're like technically you're you're technically Gen Z. So I have to say that like I feel like what everybody is talking about from last night was Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, who All is Twitter. a Gen X heartthrob. All right. The Gen X heartthrobs, Brad Pitt, George Clooney, Tom Cruise, they transcend. Well, okay. I feel like I'm at this pivotal point. Like my celebrity crushes growing up were the Brad Pitts, the Ryan Reynolds, the Bradley Coopers of the world. And like they were Hollywood's hot hunks when I was, you know, eight years old, 10 years old, 12 years old, watching the award shows. That's who I was like freaking out over. I want to marry you when I'm older. Be my future husband. Celebrities. 
like the people that are actually my age weren't famous when I was little. So they're not like, you know, who I want to. That's an interesting point. End up with. And so even I the millennials. Yeah. Brad Pitt. Okay. Well, who does that? Even the millennials, right? Like who love like the Joe bros and like lame stuff like that. Sorry, Trav. You still love Brad Pitt more. Am I right? Um, yeah. Did you ever get on the Nick Jonas bandwagon, Travis? I am. He was my lock screen forever. He looks wow. like a prince. Yeah. One true love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was never there. No, I think that everyone's talking about Brad, Brad Pitt, but I think the thing that everyone is talking about, which I saw in my timeline all this morning, is Glenn Close's butt. Oh, I think that is butt. the only moment. The only moment. Here's what I want to know. I mean, I'm so into that moment. And quite honestly, like, why did they bring that energy at 1045 at night? Like, why wasn't that like an hour earlier? Yeah. That whole thing was like sort of weird. Like when they were do playing the game with Andre Day, it was like kind of weird. So Glenn Close, was that scripted? Or did she actually know those facts? She's That's really what close I want to know. Her, she's really close to her grandkids, I know. They have been living with her through like all of, you know, the pandemic since last March in her home in Connecticut. So I do feel like she knew that song going in. Well, and also, you know, I mean, Glenn Close was younger once and that film... I remember, you know, that was from school days. Like that was a Spike Lee joint. That was when Spike Lee was like at his pinnacle in terms of yeah. culture. So she, yeah, she definitely knew it. But the fact that she got up and shook her booty, queen, she is the queen. And never forget, I will not be ignored, Dan. <laughs> she I will not be ignored. I well, she sort of was she sort of was ignored, Gwen, because she is still waiting on that Oscar. And now she has tied for the most nominations without, you know, a solo trophy for her. And did you see Hillbilly Elegy, you guys? Yes, did I did. She was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. But, we, you know, her booty, it was all that we talked about, but her performance really was incredibly oh. stellar. But that sparkly pink booty, I think, really saved the show in terms of, like, you know, what's called water cooler conversation. <laughs> Glenn Close's butt to the rescue. No, totally. Yeah, I was I had a fatal bummed. attraction to that ass. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, Trav might be boiling some bunnies today. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so what moments did you guys think were like the wackiest? Did anybody wear anything that you just thought was like, like wild or wildly ugly? I, I don't hate I, over all of award season. Yes, I'm sure we'll, we'll get to that later. But, but last night, the only dress that I was kind of like eh, Emerald Fennel and I, I love her and she owned that her, her dress was pottery barn teacher inspired and that's really what it was it just like didn't bring oscar's energy to but me. sam that dress is gucci i that's know a, that's a, leave it to emerald's fennel if anybody could bring cottage core to the oscars here's the thing if somebody else wore it i don't know that i would have gotten it but she you know just had a baby she's emerald's fennel it was definitely like a bit of a departure from anything else that we saw on the red carpet because last night was really like about high glamour and kind mm -hmm. of like big red carpet moments. And there was a lot less like boho chic stuff going on. Like sometimes you get the boho chic, mm -hmm. but 
what I really appreciated was that her makeup tied into the dress, super obsessed with that lavender eyeshadow, all that Mm -hmm. shimmer. And I felt like, you know, for her, she's an artist and it was like such an extension. What I loved about Promising Young Woman, I mean, it was brilliant, a a brilliant story, a very important story. But what I loved most about it was the direction with the color and how that, Mm -hmm. you know, it was almost like this candy coated, Mm -hmm. this, she created this sort of candy coated world, which played into the whole overall message and creep factor. And so I think that she wanted to wear something to the Oscars that Mm -hmm. kind of brought that vibe to life. So I appreciated that. You're making me like it more with your, (laughs) your interpretation. Well, well, well maybe, maybe, maybe you can help me like a Gucci dress that I hated uh, because the beauty just didn't match up with it. Vanessa Kirby in Gucci. She was giving very like 90s heroin chic, very Calvin Klein, muted colors with that ox blood Calvin. lip. Yes. It was very Calvin, but I thought she looked sort of sad and the jewelry, I get the whole thing was minimal, but it just fell flat and nothing about it was that special there was no embellishments there was no jewelry it was just sort of brows and lips and that's fine if you're walking a runway to show off a garment but if you're showing off yourself i would like a little bit more of something you know maybe even the hair shouldn't have been a low bun that was like my least favorite it just wasn't red carpet it was runway well the thing oh it did look very very runway and i think you're right that the inspiration was probably kind of like this early 90s vibe because it was it was totally the lines were totally that like old school Calvin I did love that little like peak of midriff but the thing is is that you know with the color of the dress which was sort of a blush you almost couldn't like I couldn't tell on the screen that there was a little midriff there and you're totally right with that hair and makeup that you know it was giving me kinds of like Carolyn Bissett Kennedy vibes if if she ever wore lipstick and then Around 1992, 1993, that is the precise color lipstick I wore every weekend. And can you imagine that with like my my skin is very, <laughs> very, very fair, you guys. And, I, you know, yeah, I, it was a Kiehl's lipstick that I wore. I'm sure they don't make it anymore, but it was basically like almost black. And I thought it was really chic. And I can't even imagine how ugly it must have been. It just looked like a runway show and not a red carpet. I was like, womp, womp, like way to take all of the fun out of a red carpet and just give me, you know, walking hanger in a dress that washes you out. I loved, I mean, speaking of runway, I loved Margot Robbie. She can do no wrong. She was in Chanel and that was a dress that you would see on runway. What I loved about it, I thought that it was a little subdued, but there are a couple of things that I loved about the overall look. Margot Robbie, who in the last couple of years has, has been nominated and has mm-hmm. like kind of stolen award season. She was there as the as a producer of Promising Young Promising Woman. Promising Young Woman, yeah. For, you know, supporting Emerald and Carrie Mulligan and and the whole um and the whole endeavor. So I like that she was kind of low key. Like she was kind of like, I'm here and I look fabulous. I'm a producer this time. I'm a producer. And of course, you know, obsessed with that, you know, laid back luxe 
low slung ponytail as only our friend Bryce Scarlett can pull off, right? With those bangs, which I think the bangs are new. The bangs work for her. Yeah, and they I do. love- They were long. Yeah, and chic. Like, I just, I love a red carpet ponytail because that shows you that you can wear a ponytail on a big night out and just look kind of fabulous. And she was one of the only people who carried her purse onto the red carpet. And I thought her bag actually like helped the look. She had that tiny little black clutch that was sparkly in Chanel. Pretty. And I, yeah. And I thought that with such a subdued dress, it was really cool of her to carry the bag to give it a different hint of color, but also seemed like I'm the producer here, not the talent. I'm not worrying about this. You don't have to hold my purse. I'm just walking right in. And I think that whole story really sold. I'm so obsessed with all the people from Minari. How do we pronounce? Oh, yes. How do we pronounce you, Youngju? What? How do we pronounce her name? Youngju Young. No, that's not it. Is that Yuju? Yuju Young. Yuju Young. Yuju Young. I mean, how amazing was she? How amazing was she? She was other than Glenn Close's butt, the best part. <laughs> so endearing, so deserving because that movie was incredible, and I mean, just the most lovable person I think at the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> So what was the scoop, Trav, since you are our entertainment editor and you get all the new scoop, why couldn't, why could Questlove not play people off stage? Why did they give everyone so much time for their speech? Did it have to do with the fact that like we haven't had regular awards season? What was that about? So it was an internal decision we're hearing that because they didn't have any of the musical performances during the show and they didn't show clips from any of the movies, they had the extra time to let people talk as long as they wanted to. And after a couple snafus of playing off people of color who were in you know the middle of really important speeches in the past, they just did not want that to happen again this time. And so this one was really focused on the actors and not even the movies that we've all seen. They wanted to focus on the actors and sort of go back to that old school Oscars where it's just like a bunch of friends hanging out and talking with each other. And they thought it would be more real. I don't know if it was the best call, but I thought it was an interesting and different direction they took. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. But yeah, they just didn't want people to be playing, you know, in the middle of a political or emotional speech to have that orchestra coming to push them off. And like I said, they cut out a lot of stuff to have that happen. Oh, like showing clips of the movies. Which like I really showing clips of the do. movies. I know. Why didn't we get to see the performances? And I thought it was weird that Best Picture was like not the last Okay, award. that was that yeah. was so that was clearly we did hear from a source that everyone thought that Chad McBoseman was gonna win for best actor. So since of course he passed this year very tragically, he was amazing. Um, that he was gonna be the last winner and they wanted him to stand out, but then Anthony Hopkins came in and took it and wasn't even there. So <laughs> that was sort of an unexpected gaffes from the Oscar team. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, listen, at least we know that nobody's in on who the winners are, which I've always kind of wondered. <laughs> yes. You know, 
even us who are so like inside Hollywood, it's like I've always really wondered what the same. actual same. I'm like, they is. all must know. They all must talk to each other. But Gwen, that's a really good point. This was sort of our peek behind the curtain that they don't know who it is and it's they not set up because they planned the whole show around it being someone else that didn't win. <laughs> totally. Totally. All right. So let's just take a little look back. Let's, you know, take a little walk down memory lane of award season 2021. What were you guys like? What were your standouts? What were your memories other than, you know, a lot of Zoom? What'd you love? What'd you hate? Um, I I really liked that we've talked about on this podcast overall, the return to natural beauty. There was, it was clear that the celebrities had a lot of time to take care of their skin and hair. They weren't in makeup chairs as often. The the glam was a lot less, a lot less liquid foundation being used mm -hmm. on these starlets. And I thought just seeing everyone's natural beauty sort of just be highlighted versus painting on a drag persona was sort of my favorite thing to come about this award season. I loved that too. I mean, I do think that, um, you know, something that I really loved about last night was that it felt like everyone went all out with their glam. You know, there was a lot of lipstick on the carpet, you know, other than Vanessa Kirby's like almost black cherry lips. There was a lot of pink mm -hmm. on the carpet. There was a lot of purple lipstick even. And, um, you know, we saw some, some bold lips. We saw a lot of like really major eyes last night, you know, Angela Bassett yeah. with that, like, like it was like, hello, you know, it was eighties mm -hmm. with makeup as well. And I, I appreciate that. I love it because if ever there's a time to like pull out all the stops and go like big, mm -hmm. it's for a major red carpet. So, you know, one of the trends that I, kind of equally liked and kind of wish didn't happen was all of that like you know what i like to call going to gelson's makeup at the other <laughs> at the other award shows where it's like you know that's like going to gelson's like it's like could you put a lipstick on come on you know where like everybody barely wore barely wore makeup i loved that when the awards were virtual like for globes and for sags people like jason sudeikis wore a hoodie Mm -hmm. You know, he he wore something that was meaningful and that would help, um, you know, charity. And, you know, people just kind of like felt like they could be themselves, which was kind of neat. I loved one of the things that I loved the most was kind of being in people's homes, like seeing their bad. Like, was it Jeff Daniels? Like someone who I was like, what does he live in? Like a motel? Like, I don't even get what's going on. But like, why is the door that terrible, like cheap door? Anyway, whatever. Like, I thought that that was really, really a lot of fun. What did you I think? Also like I also liked that there was lots of like people of representation. We finally had our first woman of color yes. to win best director. Yes. We've had two women to win. The nominees were finally diverse. And that is a complete switch up from two years ago. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, there were so many amazing looks and so much diversity on the red carpet last night. It was awesome.
last night just gave me like moments because I've been missing the red carpet, mo- like whether it's good or bad, whether it's like the ugliest dress ever or your iconic JLo, like I just want a moment. And I feel like we got back to that last night. We did not discuss Celeste Sweet's Aorta heart bag. Which, I like, didn't, wait, I didn't see I this. didn't see that either. Oh my God, guys. Okay, so <laughs> the, there was... Who, okay, so Angela Bassett had an adorable, like, lip shape. It gave me Kylie Jenner um, perfume vibes with, like, the lip. Her handbag? Yes. Cute. That was her handbag. But Celeste, we, I'm not sure who made it, but it was totally bedazzled, and it was a literal aorta. Like, not a a heart, like, an aorta with the valves coming out the top. And I thought that was, like, you know, that'll go, that'll go down through the years. Like it's something to talk about. It's something to remember. Do I love it? No. What I can't. Oh yeah. It's really cute. I'm looking at it. It's like, it's not even like blinged out like Judith Lieber. It's more of like a, like a low key sparkle. Oh, really, really cute. And now did she say why she was carrying her heart on her hand? (laughs) I haven't seen anything about it because trust me, like I, I did a search. So I was very intrigued by it, but I thought that was like a very interesting peculiar moment and like other moments from the season i feel like noah cyrus's schiaparelli like (laughs) i I don't even have the right word well the grammys gave us some like real weird stuff Yeah, yeah they gave us something to talk about the grammys was probably my favorite red carpets for all they usually are but the grammys were especially needed this year for some fun injected into this red carpet season right 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 yeah nobody so too i liked the performances and i loved that it was outside like i love that they were able to pull off like kind of a normal ish format because Mm -hmm. they did it outside yeah i mean it's funny because normally there are like musical performances and stuff at the oscars and we didn't have any of that no, we only had them in the pre-show. And my my favorite moment of the Oscars was the Hoysevik from the Eurovision uh, <laughs> saga of the Twin Flames performance, where that adorable Icelandic children's choir was singing live from Iceland in their little turtleneck sweaters with fireworks behind them. Like, that is like a moment that I needed too. those like adorable Icelandic kids. And I mean, I love the Eurovision movie. So I'm glad they got some Oscars representation, even though they did not win. I must have been putting together the best beauty looks gallery at that time because I missed uh, that. Didn't uh, get to see the pre-show. Oh, it was I was great. entrenched in the red carpet. All right, you guys. Well, listen, I think that for all of the details, you should have a head over to usmagazine.com slash stylish where we have the deets on every single look, every single moment, things that you might've missed as well. I know that I have to go back to check out the things that I missed. And until next week, it's going to be all Brad Pitt all the time over here on Glam Squad Confidential. I'm Gwen Flamberg with Travis Cronin. And this week, Samantha Hollander. Thanks for listening, you guys. Stay gorgeous. Stay gorgeous.